Blog Talk Radio. But 
most likely it's very razor edge, razor edge, because we are definitely, absolutely living in the last days. Just before Jesus Christ comes back, he said the world will go into a chaotic condition, a chaotic condition, and we're living in chaos now. A lot of people don't see it. A lot of people don't feel it. A lot of people are not interested in it, but yet still it has to be fulfilled. And in being fulfilled, this is the most proper time, the most accurate time that it can be fulfilled. It's going to be a shocker. Amen. And Jesus tell us, prepare for the day. You know not, you know not what hour I come, but when I do come, I'm going to come as a thief in the night for those that are not aware to it. We do think um, Brother Tim Jackson, if he's in, amen, um, he's going to respond to me, let me know he's in. And if he's in, we're going to get into it. If not, we're going to go ahead in. Brother Jackson, you're in. Amen. Okay, what we're going to do today is we're going to have prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for how you watched over us. We ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you will give us the spirit and let us rightly divide the word of truth that we needed not to be ashamed in before you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the time that you have given us to break this word down to the people who are listening. And we ask you right now, let your Holy Ghost come on in. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for what you're getting ready to do and what you have planned to do 6,000 years ago. This is already pre-planned, and we do thank you for it, and we're going to give you the praise and you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right. What we're going to do, we're going to go to the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea in the Old Testament writings. Amen. In the Old Testament writing, we're going to go to the sixth chapter, the sixth chapter of Hosea. Hosea, sixth chapter, we're going to run down there to the first three verses. And here is Hosea, a minor prophet, prophesying on the time limited of the return of Jesus Christ. And we will read these words to exhort you, to lift you up, to encourage you, to let you know how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ. And we know the return of Jesus Christ, the first thing that must take place. First thing that must take place is the world must be in a chaotic condition. That's, we already got that. Second place that we are in at the end of the church age, church age, which is the last church age, is in the third chapter of Revelation. In the church of Revelation, we will read the church of Laodicea. That is the lukewarm apostate church, apostate church. It is a church that's half and half or trying to live half, trying to be a Christian and trying to be a sinner. You cannot be a Christian and a sinner at the same time. Either you're a Christian or either you are a sinner. A Christian is a person who have repented of their sins, all of their sins, repented, and they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead. When he raised him from the dead, amen, he gave the church power on the day of Pentecost. 
on the day of Pentecost was the fourth feast day that was fulfilled. That um, I'm sorry, that was the first, that was the fourth feast day that was supposed to be fulfilled. Well, it's fulfilled. On the day of Pentecost was the conception of the church. On the day of Pentecost was the birth of the church. On the day of Pentecost was the time it was Jesus Christ and went back to heaven, and he stayed 40 days up on the earth and 40 nights, and then on the 40th day he ascended up into heaven. He told his disciples to go back down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father that he would send them power from on high to what? Preach the gospel. How long? For 2,000 years, the gospel has been preached. We're living in the 2,000 years. We're living at the end of the 2,000 years of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached over the earth. Amen. But it's not through yet. Amen. The church age is almost through. The church done did its job, and I'm sorry to tell you this now. They have failed in preaching the gospel. The church has failed in preaching the gospel. Not all of them. Minority have kept the faith. A minority have stood tall. Minority have stood by the cross. The minority have lifted up the cross. Minority knows that the only way that a man could be born again is through the cross, not going to church. Going to church is good. Going to church is wonderful. Going to church is, is, is necessary in order to learn about God and to have fellowship with God and to worship God and to worship with the fellow saints, amen, and to encourage each other and to witness to each other and to have a desire to win souls to Jesus Christ and preach the unadulterated word wherever they go and live the word and talk the word and walk the word and carry the word and lift the word of uh, almighty God up and to stand tall on the ultimate, the ultimate, this is what I'm saying, the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is, not was, not trying to be, not working on it, Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. Woo! Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. And 2,000 years ago, Christ came to this earth. God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received up into glory, and he's on his way back because he said before he come back, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. Because when the Son of Man comes, the world is going to be as it was in the days of Noah and the ark. And they tell me, Noah preached, Noah preached, Noah preached what? He preached 120 years, 120 years he preached the gospel of the kingdom, amen. And he preached the gospel, he preached it so until the end of the 120 years. And he built an ark and he got all the animals on. And out of all that preaching, of all that building, and all that time that he had to preach the gospel, and he preached it to 
every creature that was on the earth in that day, and that was man because he had failed. He preached to all the what? All the Nephilim. He preached to all the wicked angels that had cohabitated with the human race, and they brought forth Nephilim, and these Nephilim was giants because they were half angels and half human. And by this, it made a deformity, and it was not made in the image of God. And when they were killed by the flood, they became demons. And these same demons, these same spirits are roaming the earth today, and same thing they're doing in the time of Noah, they're trying to do it today. And Jesus said, when I get ready to come back, it's going to be the same way as in the days of Noah. So what we got? We got false teachers. We got demonic. We got exorcists. We got superheroes. We got all kind of wickedness that has spread all over the earth. And now we're living in the last, last age, the church age. And the last church age is Laocidia. And that concludes, amen, about 2,000 years. And here Hosea is speaking in the sixth chapter of Hosea. He said to the Israelites, he said to the Jewish nation, this is what he said to the Jewish nation because at this time the church was not into existence. God predestinated the church. He predestinated Israel. But here Israel is here. Hosea spoke to Israel, and this is what he said to Israel in his day about the end time. He said, come. He said, come. Let us return to the Lord. That first that first line of sin says, come, let us return to the Lord. This is Israel. This is Hosea talking to Israel, and he's telling Israel, let us come back to the Lord. Let us come back to the Lord. Let's get in our rightful stance. Let's get our rightful uh, uh, understanding of who God is. He's the same God that brought Israel up out of the land of Egypt. And when he brought them up out of the land of Egypt, they tell me Israelites, whoa, they were thrilled about how God delivered them. They was after God's own heart. They were really getting an understanding of who Moses was and what Moses was supposed to do. And guess what? They got into the land of Israel within, I don't know, within about a month's time. No, no, I'm sorry. Y'all got to forgive me. It took them 40 years, 40 years to get to the land of Canaan, flowing with milk and honey. The first generation did not make it. The first generation did not make it. And the reason they made it, because they turned away from the living God. And only two made it out of the first generation, and that was Moses and Caleb. And Joshua, I mean, that was that was Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb came to the land flowing with milk and honey, and guess what? They were in that land. They restored. They they brought the land up to power. They they lived in the land for four hundred years, and they had their kings. They had their kings. They had their judges and everything. And when they became a nation. The first king was named Saul, and Saul disobeyed the Lord. When they disobeyed the Lord, they rose up another king, 
and that king was David. And David, from David to Zedekiah, 400 years, they were a nation. They were a mighty nation. No nation could overturn them. No nation could turn them back. But what happened after 400 years, Israel, Israel became wicked. Woo! I said Israel became wicked. They began to participate in every pagan sin and every pagan teaching, and they begin to believe in false gods. They worship false gods. And there's over 13 false entities in the Bible that's false gods. In other words, there are satanic entities that try to play God and use idols. They sin against a holy God, the holiness of God. God demands holiness. When you disobey God, when you do things against the will of God, you become unholy. And Israel became unholy. They become so unholy that God sent prophets. He sent Jeremiah. He sent Ezekiel. He sent Isaiah. He sent Daniel. He sent Malachi. He sent Zedekiah. He sent Amos. He sent Nahum, Habakkuk. He sent 12 minor prophets to tell Israel they got to turn from their wicked ways and come back to the living God. Otherwise, they're going to go into captivity. They went into captivity in 606 B.C. God brought the Chaldeans, the Babylonian Empire, all the way down from where? All the way down from the north and took the Jews into captivity and kept them into captivity for 70 long years. 70 years Israel was in Babylon. Why? Because they turned away from the Lord. And when they turned away from the Lord, they, they, they suffered punishment. They suffered great punishment because God didn't call them to unrighteousness. God called them to holiness. He called them to sanctification. He called them to justification. He called them to let them know that you have to turn from your wicked ways or you are going to suffer the consequences then, you're going to suffer it now, and you're going to suffer in the future because you are turned away from the living God. Now, 400 years under bondage in Egypt. They came out of Egypt into the land flowing with milk and honey. They stayed in that land because of obedience for 400 years. They disobeyed God. When they disobeyed God, God came down with the, the armies of Babylon and took them to Babylon and let them stay for 70 years now. 70 years they was in, in Babylon. And God said, now, you want to stay in Babylon till you repent. And Israel came up out of Babylon in 445 B.C. 445 B.C., Nehemiah, Amen. Told the people, we've got to get back into the land and we've got to return to the living God because if we don't, we're going to be annihilated. And they had a return back in.
good the land. How do I know they was in captivity? The reason they went into captivity, I'm going to show you why they went into captivity. In the book of Second Chronicles, in the book of Second Chronicles, amen, 714. So 714. 2 Corona 714 says this to the people of Israel. He said in the seventh chapter. Fourteen verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal the land. Why? They were wicked. They stayed in Babylon for 70 years. After they come back from Babylon, God said, God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to return you back into the land. But I'm going to give you 490 years to do it. It's going to take me 400. Listen to me now. 490 years for God to return the Jews back into the land. And in 445 B.C., in 445 B.C., Israel began to be restored back into the land. In the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, it says this, in the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, in the ninth chapter, the 22nd verse. Starting at the 24th verse. Now listen, Daniel was a prophet to show the Jewish people that they were going to be restored and be brought back as a nation because they haven't been a nation since 606 B.C. They haven't been a nation until 606 B.C. until 1948. They was not a nation. They were scattered all over the face of the earth because the nations, the Gentile nations scattered them from 606 B.C. until 1948. Woo, that's a long time. That's a long time. That's over 2,600 years that they were scattered all over the face of the earth. They was not a nation, but God said, Almighty God, 
the everlasting one, the great I am, the beginning and the end. Say, it's going to take me 490 years for you to be restored and be brought back into the land. And when I bring you back into the land, you will become a nation. When you become a nation, you will be a nation for one generation. One generation is 1948 until 1975. From 1948 to 19, no, I'm sorry, from 1948 to 2023 is 75 years. Israel has been a nation, and Jesus said, I cannot come back until Israel become a nation and be a nation for 75 years, and now 2023, they have been a nation for 75 years. And Daniel said in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, in the ninth chapter, starting at the 24th verse, it says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sin, and to what? And to make reconciliation iniquity, to bring the everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy to anoint the most holy. In this verse, Daniel is expressing that the time and, and 70 weeks will be determined upon thy people and the holy city. When was that determined upon that time of restoring the holy city? When Jesus Christ, son of the living God, listen to this, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, came riding through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass. That was the time that he was manifesting himself by riding through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass to what? to give the people who he was and what he had already done for the three and one half years, and they was crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The 490 years got to be fulfilled before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. The 490 years has to be fulfilled before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. So what you saying, preacher? I am saying that the 70 years that the Jews was in captivity, God said, I'm going to seven times that. I'm going to seven times that. In other words, I'm going to seven times 70 years, seven times, which would equal 490 years. And the 490 years has not been fulfilled because it was cut off the time that Jesus Christ rode through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass. When he rode through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass, they tell me that was cutting short of seven years. Seven years was cut off, and by being cut off, it was cut off because Jesus Christ came to his own, and his own received him not, but as many received him, he gave them power to become the sons of the living God. And guess what? They crucified him. Not only the Jews crucified him, but the whole world crucified him. Woo! We, as the Gentile nation, want to blame it on the Jews. 
But when Jesus Christ came, he did come to the Jew, and the Jews rejected him. And then Jesus Christ said, have some that's not of this fold, them I also must bring. So who was not of the fold? The Gentiles were not of the fold of Israel. And Jesus was saying, later on, I'm going to what? Bring in the Gentiles. When did he bring in the Gentiles? He brought in the Gentiles after the day of Pentecost had been fulfilled. Guess what? It was 12 years later that the Jewish nation was cut off. And guess what? God grafted the Gentiles in. Woo, hallelujah. When he grabbed the Gentiles in, he cut the Jews off. And when he cut the Jews off, he, he cut it off seven years short of 490 years that he was supposed to deal with the Jewish people. So what he did, he cut them off. He grafted the Gentiles. Well, the Gentiles have been grafted in, but God said, I haven't forgot about my Jewish brethren. And so now there's seven years missing short of 490 years, and these seven years have to be fulfilled because God keeps his promise. And by God keeping his promise, he told them that at the end time, I'm going to do what? I'm going to graft the Jews back in. But it can't be done now because the fullness of time had not come. So when the fullness of time comes, and it's almost here, it's right at your doorstep, the Jews are back in the land. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. The Jews are getting ready to build their temple. The Jews are getting ready to offer sacrifices and offerings. Now listen to what I'm saying. In the book of Daniel, go back to that seventh verse there. Amen. Praise God. Let's get there real quick. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let's see what Daniel says about, amen, 9 and 20, 9 and 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon the people and upon thy holy city to finish it, the transgression, to make an end of sin. This year represents the crucifixion, the burial, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the only thing that cleanse your sin is what? The birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and make reconciliation for the iniquity and to bring an everlasting covenant. What is the covenant? The blood covenant. Jesus' blood was made a covenant with Israel and it was made a covenant with the Gentile nation. And to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Jesus Christ was anointed in what? The most holy. Who is the most holy? Jesus Christ is the most holy. And he was anointed. He was baptized in the Jordan River, wasn't he, though? And John the Baptist baptized him. When he baptized him, he came straight away up out of the water. And heaven, whoo, opened up and a dove came down and lit up on Jesus. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's when Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost. And he went out into the wilderness and preached and preached and was, was, was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights by Satan. And when he got through with Satan, he said, now look, 
It is written in the word of God. Thou shalt worship the Lord God and him only. And from that time on, he preached three and one half years and proved himself the most holy. He's the holy one that was sent from God. He is God himself manifesting in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, and received up in the glory. And since he had died and rose again, he went back to heaven. And he told he told the disciples, I'm going to send you some power from on high. And when I send you some power from on high, I want you to be a witness for me. And guess what? The Jewish church was the first church on the planet that God anointed why? Because the Jews were supposed to receive Christ, but they didn't. And by them not receiving, he came to the Gentiles. And now the Gentiles has almost been fulfilled. And by being fulfilled, the Lord said, when I come back, I'm going to do something Ooh, that's unique. What are you going to do? Let's see what he do. Let's see what Daniel said. Wow, this is art. This is, this is dynamite. This is what it said. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandments to restore what? And to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks. Seven weeks. Seven weeks is what? 49 years. Seven times seven is 49. 49 years. Listen, this is what I'm saying now. 49 years. Prince shall be seven weeks. And three score. Seven weeks. And three score and two weeks. All right? You take the 49 years, and what's the score? A score is 20. What's three times 20? 60. What's two weeks? Two. You add that to 62 weeks. 62 weeks and 40. And and 62 weeks. You got 62 weeks, and the 62 weeks times 7 equals 434 years. You take the 434 years and add 49 years on it to it, you got 483 years. 483 years puts you right smack down in Jerusalem where Jesus Christ rode through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass, and everything shall be built in the wall even in troublous times. After the three score and two weeks, after the three score and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off. That's the crucifixion, but not for himself. Jesus Christ didn't die for himself. He died for you, me, and he died for the whole world. And the people of the prince shall come, shall destroy the temple and the sanctuary, and the end shall be with the flood unto the end of a war and desolation. And listen, and when that comes, that came when Rome was burnt to the ground. And in 70 AD, Jerusalem was burnt to the ground. Jerusalem was ransacked. The temple was torn down. The Jewish temple was torn down. And there was not one stone left upon another. And Jesus Christ said, I'm not going to come back until this building be torn down where one stone would not be up on another. And that's been since, since 70 AD, and it's never been rebuilt. But now we're living in the last days. It's going to be rebuilt. 
and it's going to be rebuilt because the Jews are planning to build it in the next two years, in the next two years, or even in less than the next two years. They're planning to rebuild the temple to try to bring back Judaism because they still have not received Jesus Christ as the Messiah. So what's going to happen? In what? The 483 years when they were cut off, when they were cut off, they tell me the church was grafted in. The church has been in power all right now for 2,000 years. But the church age is almost over, and the last church age is what? Laocidia. Laocidia is the apostate church. This is the church that has what? Has not received Christ. There's some people in this kind of church. Because Jesus Christ tell them in the Revelation, he said, come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. So in other words, you got to come out from among this prostate church. This prostate church is awful. This prostate church started way back in the time of Pergamos, the, the church that was com compromising with the world. And after Pergamos, after the church of Pergamos came, we, came, we got Thotara. That's the Catholic church. That's the church that came on the scene. And then after Thotara came the church of Sardis. After Sardis came, which represents the Protestant church age. That's when the church came up and protested against the teachings of the Catholic church. That's when Martin Luther nailed 95 pieces on Wittenberg's door and told him, the just shall live by faith. You're not living by works. You're not living by looks. You're not living just by going to church. You're not living by your money. You're not living by your car. You're not living by that. You're living by faith. And it says, without faith, without faith it's impossible to please God, for you must believe that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him shall be rewarded. So from from the church of Tartar, we got Sardis. And what Sardis didn't do, he said, I have some things against you. I got a, I got, I got a, I got a doctrine. I got some doctrines that I'm against you because you won't teach it. And what the churches are not teaching today, the Sardis church, the Protestant, they're not teaching the return of Jesus Christ. They're not teaching how he's going to rapture the church. They're not teaching how the Antichrist is going to come. They're not teaching what what's going to happen after the rapture of the church because the church age is almost over. And since the church age is almost over, it should be taught in the churches because Revelation was written to the seven churches of Asia Minor and only two churches out of the church of, of um, the churches of Asia Minor, only two were doing what they were supposed to do. And that was the church of Smyrna, which was a suffering church, because they were teaching the whole biblical principle of God's doctrine from Genesis to Revelation. And then we got the church of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the brotherly love church. That's the evangelist church. That's the church that's going to be uh, uh, taken out before the hour of temptation come upon the world. That's the church that God has sanctified through his blood. And nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ can sanctify you. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ can give you power to live righteous. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can change your life. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can seal you with the Holy Spirit. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can give you the power to witness to people, to love people, to understand uh, what God is getting ready to do. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. By his strength, we can be healed. We can heal. We cannot be healed by nothing else but the blood of Jesus Christ, because it's the stripes of 
that Jesus Christ took on the cross, that we can be healed, that we can receive salvation, that we can see the love of God, that we can see joy, that we receive what God has called us to do, and that is go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So what we come, what we come to? We're coming to a dead end as far as the church because the church will not, cannot, will not, cannot be here during the time of the tribulation because the tribulation is basically for the Jewish people. Why? Because God owed them seven years more short of 490 years that he promised to deal with them. And since he had been dealing with them up to the cross because they were cut off, because they disobeyed, they rejected Jesus Christ. So in the end time, God said, I'm going to bring you back and cut you back into the olive tree so I can finish my promise that I promised to deal with you for seven years. The seven years is right on the edge right now, today. And guess what? There are two, there are three feast days that's yet to be fulfilled to fulfill the rapture of the church, to fulfill what? To fulfill the second coming of Jesus Christ, Yom Kippur, and to fulfill the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. These are the three yet to be fulfilled, and it cannot be fulfilled until Jesus Christ. What? What Jesus Christ is going to do? What did Pastor Paul say he's going to do? Let's see what Pastor Paul said that Christ is going to do. Woo! Look here, look here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of what? In the book of Second Thessalonians. Let's see what Paul says in the fourth chapter. In the fourth chapter of the book of Thessalonians, he says these words. In the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, forgive me. In the fourth chapter of First Thessalonians, he says this, but but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Well, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangels and the trump of God. And the dead of Christ, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is what you, the Bible calls the rapture of the church. Rapture is not in the Bible. Neither is in the Bible to brush your teeth and comb your hair, but it gives you the basis of hygienic. There's a lot of things that's not in the Bible, but these this word rapture is more explanatory and more plain to say rapio. I think that rap, rapio, something. I can't pronounce that, and that's why I said I'm so glad it's called the rapture as far as I'm concerned because it means to be translated from one spot to another. So Jesus Christ is going to what? Descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the trump, the trump of God. 
the trumps of God. And the sofar is a trumpet. And the sofar has been used for the last, woo, the last 5,000 years by the Jews because it started in Exodus. It started in about 1440 B.C. So that gives you 1440 B.C. That gives you about, woo, that gives you about almost 4,000 years the Jews have been doing these rituals, doing this ritual of called the, the Day of the Lord and the Feast Days and, and the times and seasons. So now we're living in time of seasons that four of these feast days have been fulfilled, and we got three more to be fulfilled, and now we're at the point at, at which the Jews are back in the land. The Jews are getting ready to reestablish the Jewish temple. They're getting ready to get the priesthood. They're getting ready for the five heifers that they're going to use and to sanctify and, and, and cleanse the temple and the people to let them know that this red heifer represents Christ. It represents a red heifer, and the red represents the blood of Christ. So they're going to use this heifer to use it and burn it and mix it with water and oil and heslop and use it to the sanctifying of the people because man needs to be cleansed. But we realize that the only way that you can be cleansed is by the blood of Jesus Christ because the red heifer is a type and shadow of the real deal, and the real deal is Jesus Christ became the sacrificial lamb, and the lamb is called the lamb of God. The lamb of God is called, called a what? It is called a substitute. It's a substitute for who? For us, because we could not die on ourselves. We could not be resurrected on ourselves, so God had to be manifested in the flesh because God be, the word became God and was God, and when he became God and was God, he was born in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, stayed on the earth 33 and one half years, and he preached the gospel. He did everything that God called him to do, and when he left heaven, he said, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, but I can't come back to earth. I can't come back to earth until Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur comes after the rapture of the church. Because the rapture of the church, God is going to remove his people, his sanctified people, his people that have been born again. And it consists of only, only, only. No, it don't consist of only Baptists, not Presbyterian. It don't consist of no denomination. Y'all hear what I'm saying? No denomination. No Pacific denomination. There ain't no Pacific occult. It ain't no man handmade backyard religion that's going to get you to heaven. It's not your beauty. It's not your money. It's not your education. It's not your status quo. It's not what color of skin you are. It's not what nation you come because the Jews need salvation too. And God said, I'm going to restore the Jewish nation because that's the nation that wrote the Bible through holy men and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's the nation that came from Abraham because Abraham was faithful and his faith was imputed to him for righteousness. And by his obedience, I told him, I'm going to bring a nation into existence and that nation will be what? The lead nation that they are going to reveal my power, my love, my joy. Joy, my holiness, my righteousness, my 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 omnipotent power, my omnipotent power, my immutability. I'm going to prove to the world 
that these people are my people and they're going to prove to the world that the God that they serve is the true living God. He's the great I am. He's the beginning and the end. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's one that came from nowhere because they were no, for him to come, and he's coming back to get a church without a spot or wrinkle. But before he come back, he's coming back and getting the church ready. But when he removes the church, when he removes the church, and it's consisted of born again, and people don't believe that no more. You must be born again. Baptism, water baptism is good, but you can be water baptized and still be a sinner. You've got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to baptize you. And the only way you can get baptized by the Holy Ghost is by Jesus Christ. You've got to repent at the foot of the cross and look at that blood that he shed for you once and for all, and confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, and the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. Listen to what Daniel said. Daniel said in that ninth chapter, he said in that ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, we read these words. Woo! The ninth chapter. I'm going to go back to the 26th verse. Listen to me. It said, after three score and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people and the prince shall come and destroy the city. That's Rome, Jerusalem. Jerusalem was destroyed by Rome, and the sanctuary, that's the temple, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. In other words, they're going to wipe out every Jew that they can. And it shall be with a flood unto the end of the war, desolation and determined. The 27th verse gives you a key what's getting ready to happen. And he, the prince, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. What week? What's a week? Seven days? What's a week? Seven week years? Seven years? That week is seven years. Seven years. She'll make a covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, three and one half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. In other words, when they build that temple, the Jews are going to be billed for the sacrifice animals. The Antichrist, you're going to make a covenant with them to build the temple, and the Jews are going to believe, the Jews are going to believe that this is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's not going to be the Messiah. It's going to be the Antichrist. The Antichrist will make a covenant with the Jewish people, and he shall make a desolate, and until the consummation and determined shall be a poor upon the desolate. In other words, this Antichrist is getting ready to come on the scene. The Antichrist is getting ready to come on the scene. Nobody can find a world leader. Nobody can even find 
a powerful dictator. Nobody can even find a true leader. And we know the true leader is Jesus Christ. But he ain't going to come until the Antichrist comes. But the world today is looking for a leader to bring the world out of the catastrophe from which it is headed. It is headed for destruction. And the world is saying, we need a leader. We need a leader. We need somebody that's going to lead us, amen, into prosperity. It's going to lead us and take this year's judgment away. And so when the Antichrist comes, guess how he's going to deceive the people? He's going to come on a peace platform. He's going to come on a peace platform. He's going to come and tell the people that he's Jesus Christ. He can't do it now. He cannot do it now. Why? Because the church is still here. The body of Christ is still here. And since the body of Christ is still here, he cannot arise up out of nowhere, but he's on the earth right now. The Bible tells me in the book of Daniel, I know what I'm talking about. The Bible says that in the book of Daniel that this Antichrist is coming from Western Europe. He's come from the fallen world empire of all times, and that was Rome. This Antichrist is what, 55 years old. Where is he coming from? He's coming from the 11th horn. Listen, he's coming from the 11th horn spoken by Daniel the prophet. Daniel spoke this man 2,600 years ago exactly where he's going to come from. He even spoke about the 10 toes and the 10 horns, the 10 kings. He spoke about how it's going to be restored in the end time. And he has been restored. When the, when the restoration started, it started in 1948. What happened in 1948? Three things happened in 1948. Good God Almighty. Listen to what it says. It says that in 1948, Israel became a nation for the first time over the period of 2,600 years. 2,600 years, Israel finally was brought back into Israel. And Ezekiel made a prophecy in the 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. He made a prophecy saying that the valley of the dry bones are going to shake, they're going to rattle, and they're going to roll, and they're going to join back together bone by bone, and they're going to stand up on their feet, and God's going to give them muscle, God's going to give them skin, and God's going to give them a revival to be revived in 1948. And the sinews are muscles. They receive strength. When they receive their nationality and identify them as a nation, they receive skin. And they knew that they was in the land, and they've been in their land since 1948, and they're still in the land while they're in the land. They're in the land getting ready to meet what the false Messiah, but by them being in that land trying to get right with the false Messiah, Jesus Christ is going to intervene and reveal to them that they still got the wrong Messiah. They still haven't received Christ. And at the end of the three and one, last three and one half years, the whole house of Israel shall be saved. And that's a remnant. A very small remnant will be saved at the end of the tribulation period. At the end of the tribulation period. Woo! And at the end of the tribulation period, if you can keep with me now, when Jesus Christ comes back with the church at the end of the tribulation period, he's going to stand, good God Almighty, he's going to stand on the top of the Mount of Olives. 
and it's going to be televised. It's going to be woo, energized. It's going to be revealed on the network. It's going to be revealed through the computer and 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 the YouTube and Twitters and and uh, with, ooh my, they got so many stations now. Amen. It's going to be seen on worldwide, worldwide big screen TV sets set up in different states, set up all over the world. They are going to see Jesus Christ come back and stand on the top of the Mount of Olives, and they see this. He himself, the Messiah of all Messiahs, is going to hold up his hand, and they're going to see the nail prints in his hand, and when they see the nail prints in his hand, they're going to ask Jesus Christ, where did you get your wound? Where did you get your wound? And Jesus Christ is going to roar from Zion and say, I got him from the household of my friends. And since I got from the household of my friends, the Jews' eyes are going to open. The scales of unbelief is going to fall, and they're going to weep for 30 days. They're going to cry. They're going to be in sackcloth and ashes. They're going to say, oh, my God, we have missed him over the period of 2,600 years, and yet still he gives us grace. He gives us love. He gives us his blood. He shared his, his, his life on shed his blood on Calvary's cross, and he still loves us, and Israel shall be saved. The Bible says, a lot of people ask, is the whole world going to be saved? No. Can God save the whole world? Yes. On what condition? What condition? The condition is that man repent. Man repent. You've got to repent. Ain't no way you can be saved until you turn from your sins. Oh, I ain't no big sinner. I don't care if you ain't. Ooh, I don't care if you you can sit in the church for for a thousand years. Just sit in the church. You still got to be saved. You still got to come to Jesus Christ. You still got to turn from your unbelief because there's one sin that's going to drive a lot of people to hell. One sin going to drive a lot of people to hell, and that's unbelief. People don't believe that Jesus Christ died for their sin. They refuse to try to work their way to heaven and buy their way to heaven and do good on their way to heaven and have money on their way to heaven and do all the things they want to do and be uh, prosperous on their way to heaven. But you can't get to heaven unless you come by Jesus Christ. Jesus said himself, no man can get to the Father but by me. So what I'm saying today in the book of Revelation, the last, the last, the last, the third chapter of the book of Revelation says that this church will go into the tribulation period in unbelief, and when it goes in unbelief, every denomination is going to end up, every false denomination is going to end up at what? Going to end up at the 17th chapter of Revelation. What do the book of Revelation says in the 17th chapter? Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it right now. Let's get it. Let's see what it says in the 17th chapter. And he said in the 17th chapter, the fourth verse, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stone, and pearls, 
having a golden cup in a handful of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And up on her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots and abomination of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with a great admiration. This is called the great harlot. Breaking it down is called, in the world term, the world church. What is the world church consisted of? The world church is consisted of unregenerated people all over the world, all over the world that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That means overseas, international, locally, all names of a church doesn't give you any salvation. No salvation in just going to church. Salvation can only come by Christ, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, in the flesh, became human, suffered for your sin, your degradation, your lying, your cheating, your backbiting, your whoremonger, your adultery, suffered your sin for every sin you've done. He took it and it was nailed to the cross, nailed to the cross, hung up there for six long hours, cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God turned his back on himself. Why hast thou forsaken me? He couldn't even look upon the sins that man have done, and yet still he died. When he died, he said, it is finished. Went down into the grave, bust hell wide open, bust hell wide open. Went to preach those in prison. He went to paradise. He cleaned that out because paradise used to be in the heart of the earth. And by being in the heart of the earth, the reason why they couldn't, the saints of God in the Old Testament could not go in the presence of God because the blood of goats and turtle doves could not cover man's sin. It couldn't take away sin. But when Jesus Christ died and was rose from the grave, amen, with all power in the heaven and earth to end, he took sin and blew it apart. He took sin and blew it out. He took sin and cleansed every soul in the Old Testament that believed before Christ died and took them to heaven. So when a saint dies now, they go right straight to paradise, and paradise is no longer in the heart of the earth. It's in the presence of God. So when you die today, if you die a saint, woo, if you die a saint, you go directly to heaven. Why? Because your sins have been forgiven. Your sins are washed away. And when you get to heaven, God don't see no sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ's blood washed it away. So now, when a sinner died, they go to hell. H-E-L-L. L-L, another L. L. You go to hell. You go to hell not because you're bad. You don't go to hell because you're good. You don't go to hell because you're white or black. You don't go to hell because you're uneducated or educated. You're going to hell because you reject the ultimate sacrifice of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then we read in that sixth chapter of Amos, we read the words like this about Israel. This is what it says. It says in the book of, uh, in the book of Hosea, I'm sorry, <clears throat> in the book of Hosea, In the book of Hosea, in the book of Hosea, in the book of Hosea. <clears throat> Here we go. Sixth chapter. It says, Come, let us return into the Lord. That's Israel. 
They returned already. For he has torn, and he will heal us. Israel was torn up. Israel was torn up, starting at Egypt, the Assyrian captivity. Babylon tore them up. Media Persians tore them up. The Grecian Empire tore them up. The Roman Empire tore them up. And after Jesus Christ died and rose again, dictators came on the scene, such as Hitler and Germany, such as Mussolini, such as nations of the world, took the Jews and put them in Germany and buried them alive, skinned them alive, cooked them alive, took the teeth, gold teeth out, melted it down, made the lampshades out of skin, wouldn't let them settle in nobody's land. The Spanish people in 1492 slayed thousands of Jews because they wouldn't turn to Catholicism and put Jews out. They have been through hell and high waters because of their unbelief. And God has chastised them. He has chastised them to a point now until they are coming to their senses. But there's one more chastisement to be done, and that would be done in the latter part of the three and one-half years when Satan literally is going to go out and try to wipe out the whole Jewish race, and he's going to fail because you cannot destroy a Jew, and you cannot destroy a saint of God. If you've been born again, yes, you can destroy this body, but you can't destroy my soul. You can kill me. You can burn me. You can cut me up. You can do all that, but you can't destroy my soul because God got my soul. And when you're in the hands of God, you're in the hands of God forever through his blood, Jesus Christ. He said, I never will leave you, neither will I forsake you. Lo, I be with you always, even to the end of the world. Listen to this. Listen to this. After the Jews come back in the land, which they're already back in the land, they will be, what, restored. And he said this. After two days, listen, after two days, two days in God's eyesight, is 2,000 years because one day is 1,000 years and 1,000 years is one day. So he said after two days, after 2,000 years, will he revive us? He has revived us, but you're coming back into the land in unbelief, so you can't get revived. So the Jews now are being revived. They're coming back into the land from the east, from the north, from the south, and from the west. They are gathering back into the land. Why? Because they're getting ready to be revived. In the third day, I will rise thee up. What's the third day? The third day would be the millennium reign. The millennium reign is the third day because the third day is the completion of God's plan for salvation through six to 7,000 years. God is going to revive Israel. And he's going to open up the millennium reign for the Jews to be the head of all the nations. And at the end of the tribulation period, there's going to be a judgment in Jerusalem where the, the goats and the sheep are going to what be judged. That's where Jesus Christ is going to rebuild the temple. Jesus Christ is going to sit in the temple. And Jesus Christ is going to tell the goats to get on the left and tell the sheep to get on the right. 
And he said, all those that said, Lord, Lord, don't know me. And they're going to ask me, Lord, did we, did we do things for you? And the Lord said, yeah, but I don't know you because you didn't do it in my name. He's going to say to the sheep, what? Come on my right and into the kingdom because you asked me a question. Where did I do this at? You did this when you did it to your fellow brothers. Because when you gave me a drink of water, when you visited the prison, when you went to the prison house, when you helped people, when you did it in my name, my name, Jesus' name. He ain't doing it in Jesus' name. It ain't nothing. There's a lot of people ain't saved doing things. They're thinking they're they going to get credit for it to go to heaven. There ain't going to be no credit there. Jesus Christ can only work through his spirit and his love, amen, to get what he's done. Because so many people take the credit that they've done it. And Paul said, this life that I now live is not I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. So what I'm saying, everything that I do, amen, I don't do it through my name. I don't do it through my power. I do it through Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwelleth in me, and if the Holy Spirit dwells in me, it will give me the unction and give me the power to do it in the name of Jesus. Listen to what it says. It says, it says, after two days, after the church age is over, he will revive us. At the end of the church age, Jesus Christ will remove the church, and Israel will take the last seven years to be judged. They said, in the third day, he will rise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Woo! He's going to rise Israel up. Because they've been the tail for the last 2,600 years. They've been the tail. But Jesus said, God says through Hosea, I'm going to rise thee up. I mean, I'm going to put you the head of all the nations. You shall rule the nations. Why? Because you are my chosen one. You are the ones that stood up. Very few stood up and held my name. You are the ones that wrote the Holy Scripture as God gave you utterance to speak and write the word of God. And you are the one that brought the Messiah into the world. You are the one that stood strong. And there was five Gentile women that became an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Praise God. God has no respect to person. Ooh, he ain't got no pets. He ain't got nobody to pet on the back and say, you, you special. If you've been born again, you're special. If you haven't been born again, God wants to make you special. And that is, accept his son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the only way you're going to get to heaven. And I put my life on it. I put everything I got on that. Because let me tell you, little old me, as small as I am, and sins that I have done, if George E. Bazaar have to be saved and born again, sanctified with the Holy Ghost, and loving people and helping people and trying to tell people, wake up, Jesus Christ is coming. If I have to be born again, so do you. Why? Because God is not going to let nobody slip on camera what they've done. So I, so Hosea is telling us God is going to rise the Jewish people up, and we, the Jews, shall live in his sight. This is, this is what getting ready to happen in these last days. Christ is getting ready. To do what? Bring judgment to the world. The first judgment was the cross. When Jesus Christ comes, he comes to judge us at the cross. 
whether you accept it or not, you're going to be judged. Your decision. God cannot save the whole world. Why? Because man says, I don't want it. And God is not going to shove his beloved son down your throat. He ain't going to push Jesus in your heart. He's not going to make you repent. You got to want to repent. You got to want God to touch your heart and say, Lord, humble me and let me see what I really am. I'm a lost soul. I'm a lost soul and I need to be found. Because if you're not found, you've got to spend eternity all by yourself in a lake of fire with all those wicked people, all those wicked angels, all those wicked cyborgs, and all those wicked satires, all those wicked nephilims, and all those wicked demons in hell forever. Count, count yourself cast into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The biggest shock. The biggest shock that's going to hit this world pretty soon, very soon. So how close are we are to the return of Jesus Christ? How close are we are to the rapture? Right on the nail, right on the top of it, right on the top of it. Bible prophecy has been fulfilled up to what? Up to the building of the temple. We're right on it. The building of the temple. The Antichrist is a lie. We're right on it. The red heifers are getting ready. God is disturbing the whole creation. All the storms and earthquakes and famines and pestilence and killing and murder, all this is disturbing because men will not turn to Jesus Christ and his love and his mercy. It's so bad now, people are afraid to walk in the broad daylight. Men are so wicked and so upside down that God is shaking his head right now. And he's bringing catastrophes up on the earth to shake up people. He ain't killing a whole lot of people. He's just messing up their plans, messing up their, their, their luxury and their, all the what they, what they don't gather together and relax and He's disturbing and letting them know I'm God. And besides me, there ain't nobody else. Uh-uh. You think you can live without God and be successful? You you are blind and one eye and can't see out the other. Christ is the only way that you can have peace of mind, that you can have joy, that you can have love. And if you don't have Christ, you're miserable. You're miserable. All the drinking, all the lying, all the sex ecstasies and all that, is miserable. Why? Because there's only one name that's above every name, and that name is Jesus Christ and him alone. And him alone only can you be successful in this life. I tell anybody that I know, anybody I come in contact, whatever you do, please, Please don't reject Jesus. Don't reject him. Don't pay no attention to him. Because let me tell you, Revelation 6 chapter says there's a white horse coming. There's a white horse. And after the white horse, a red horse. The white horse is the Antichrist. The red horse is war. Russia's getting ready for war. Russia's getting ready 
to attack Israel. 83rd Division of Psalms says uh, there's going to be a, 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 a Arab war. The Arabs want to try to get rid of the Jews, the black horse. Famines is going to strike the land, the black horse, the pale, sick-looking horse. It's diseases that's breaking out. Get ready, church. Get ready, church. We're getting ready to leave here. And there's no better time, there's no better place than right now. These last three feast days where the trumpet will be blown. They will be blown. The Jews have done this back in ancient times. They did it in medieval times. Ain't going to do it in the present age. The last church, Laodicea, the only one that's going to be delivered is the church of Philadelphia and Smyrna. Those are the people that gave their life to Christ, their own works. You must be born again. You've got to come to Christ. We are living in a time now where it says in the what? In the fifth chapter of Revelation, the church will be in heaven. And while they're in heaven, the fourth chapter gives you a description of what the judgment seat of Christ is going to look like. Because the church is headed for the judgment seat of Christ. The fifth chapter of Revelation gives us a picture of the judgment of, of the church. The church will be judged and they will say, since we're here, we are going to visualize what's going to happen in the fifth chapter. The angels came and said, who's going to open and break the seven seals? Do you know they couldn't find nobody? Nobody at all. Until one of the elders said, don't weep, John. Don't cry no more. I don't search in the earth, on top of this earth, on the backside of the earth. Can't find nobody. But one of the elders said, weep not, for I have found a lion out of the tribe of Judah and the offspring of David to open the book and break the seven seals and say, who is his name? His name is Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He's going to break the seven seals and the church will be there to see it. When he breaks that seven seal, the horses are going to ride. And in, in, in the sixth chapter, we see the horses ride. In the seventh chapter, just after the rapture of the church, he tells four angels to hold back the judgment upon the earth before we bring judgment. Why? Because we got to what? We got to seal a hundred and forty four thousand Jews that's left on the earth. These hundred and forty four thousand Jews are chosen by God Almighty because the Jews are gonna have the last message on the earth. The Jews are gonna have the last message on the earth. And the message is gonna be that Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, the Messiah is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. And when he set up the millennial kingdom, he's going to rule and reign for seven years. And they're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom for three and one half years, 1,260 days and 42 months. They're going to preach that Jesus is Lord and that he's the Messiah. And they're going to do it with power and great glory. And guess what? After they get through preaching at the end of the first three and one half years, John looked over and said, I see a number. 
I see a number that no man can number. How did these get here? The church is gone. When the church was raptured up, there was nobody here saved until the Lord sealed 144,000. And when the 144,000 got through preaching at the end of the three and one half years, there's a great multitude of Gentiles and Jews that accepted Jesus Christ during the first part of the tribulation period. And they tell me, John looked and said, I, I see a number, I see a number that no man can number. And he said, who are these and where did they come from and whence did they come? He said, these are they that came through great trials and tribulation. These are the ones that heard the gospel of the kingdom by the Jewish people, and there was a multitude of saints. There were people saved in America. There's people saved in China. There's people saved in Korea. There's people saved in North Korea. There's people saved in Canada. There's people saved in Western and Eastern Europe. There's people saved in Israel. There's people saved in Africa. There's people saved all over the world. People will accept Jesus Christ, but not everybody's going to accept this man. Everybody ain't going to accept this message, but they tell me they accepted enough to find out they had a number that no man can number, and said these are they that came through great trials and tribulations. That's the first part of the three and one half years. The gospel will be preached. There won't be no collection. There won't be no motivation speeches. There won't be nothing to do with man's way calling it the gospel of Jesus Christ. This will be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ died and rose again, and he's coming back to get a church without a spot on it. That's the gospel of grace. But the gospel of the kingdom, the Jews will take over. The first and three and one half is going to be a little peace, but the Antichrist is going to come. And when the Antichrist comes, he will sign this peace treaty with the Jewish people. And the Jews will believe and think that this is the real Messiah. But they forgot something. They should recognize Jesus Christ, but they don't recognize him. Because this Antichrist will have something that Jesus Christ had. What What did Jesus Christ have? Jesus Christ had nail prints in his hand. Jesus Christ had scars and whips all over his back. Jesus Christ had nail prints in his feet. Jesus Christ had a pierced side. Jesus Christ had thorns stuck in his head about three inches long. And he's got the marks. And that's what's going to open the eyes of the Jewish people when Christ comes back to the earth and throw up his hand, and they're going to see what? They're going to see nail prints in his hand, and they're going to literally call out and say, where did you get your wound? But the Antichrist, you don't see no nail prints. You don't see the Jews calling out to him, asking, where did you get the nail prints? Because let me tell you, the Antichrist ain't never died, because the Antichrist is false. The Antichrist is an instrument for the devil to use to try to deceive men from turning to the true and living God. And the only way you can turn to the living God, you've got to believe who he said he was, and you've got to believe that he died and rose again, and he's coming back to get a church. But see, he's not coming back to get some wishy-washy backyard religion. He's not coming for religion. 
He's coming for his blood-washed saints. But the whole world will hear the gospel. And they're going to hear it through Internet. They're going to hear it through modern technology. They're going to hear it through what Daniel said, knowledge shall be increased, and many men shall run to and fro. And knowledge has increased, and men are running to and fro. And men got the equipment now to spread the gospel to the four corners of the earth. The seventh chapter is 144,000. The eighth chapter, there was a silence in heaven. And the silence in heaven came forth because now in the eighth chapter of Revelation, there's going to be what? There's going to be a silence in heaven because judgment is getting ready to be poured upon the earth. Judgment is getting ready to be poured upon the earth. I'm going to give you some of those judgments that's going to be poured up on the earth. And this is no picnic. He opened the seven seal and there was a silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. And I saw seven angels stood before God and them that were seven, seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given to him much incense that was given to him that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke and the incense which came with the prayers of the saints as sending up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire and of the altar and cast it to the earth. And there were voices and thunder and lightning and earthquakes. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared seven, prepared themselves to sound. And the first angel, all right, here's the judgment. Listen. And the angel sounded, and there was followed hell mingled with blood and was cast up on the earth. And the third part of the trees were burned up. All the grass green burned up. The second angel sounded, and there was a great mountain burning burning with fire, cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creature which was in the sea had life died. And the third part of ships were destroyed. You're talking about ecology. You're talking about a heat wave. We're talking about things that want to be disturbed by these angels. And the third angel sounded, and there a great star from heaven fell. And it was a lamp. And it fell upon third part of rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called wood, wormwood, wormwood. And the third part of the water became woodworm. And many men died of the waters because they were bitter. In other words, the water shortage is going to be cut off. This is God's judgment through the seven angels that's going to do what? They are going to bring judgment on the world. The church won't be here at all. The only one to be here is those that were left after the rapture. They won't have to face judgment. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the star, so that the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone, or a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld, and I heard the angel 
fly through the midst of the heavens, saying unto a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants, inhabitants of the earth by the reason of other voices and the trump of the three angels which are yet to sound. Wow. The ninth chapter. Listen. There was another angel came, the fifth angel, came down and opened the bottomless pit. Opened the pit up, guess what came out? Scorpions. Scorpions, demons. Demons will strike the earth. Demons will possess men's body that they'll want to die and can't die. This is judgment now. This is judgment. The world is headed for judgment. Don't be left here. Don't be left here. The reason why I said don't be left here, because it's going to happen. Come to Jesus Christ. That's your only hope. That's your only hope. The stock market ain't going to hold up. The PCP ain't going to hold up. The 401k ain't going to hold up. None of these man-made institutions of finances is going to hold up. The bank is going to collapse. The money ain't going to be worth nothing. The gold ain't going to be worth nothing. The silver ain't going to be worth nothing. They tell me it's going to become worth it, and they're going to be throwing money up in the air because there's going to be a crash. The crash is going to be so bad that people are going to turn on each other. People are going to try to survive on their own because God is not going to help you unless you get his help. God is not going to let nothing be successful without him. He's a jealous God. And he said, don't have no other God before me. Me, not me, but the God me. God said, I am the one. I am the one that made the heaven and earth. I am the one that can call to the sun and sun to stop shining. I'm the one that made the waters. I'm the one that made the animals. I am the one. I spoke it into existence. I am the God of all ages. I'm the God of eternity, and I will never, never take second place. And God, if God is second place in your life, you got a problem. You got a problem. Jesus Christ is the first, and he is the last. He is the last one. And nobody after him, and nobody was before him. So, demons. Demons. What are demons? Demons are fallen angels after man that came through angels that had cohabitated with the human race. And they brought forth Nephilim. I don't know if there's three billion of them or two billion of them, but there's a lot of wicked angels. A lot of Nephilim that's going to take over this planet. And right now, they are the prince power of the air. They are going to come down here and invade Earth. The tenth chapter is the midway between the three and one half years. An angel come down out of heaven with a little book in his hand, and he swore him that sitteth on the throne, the time that's now shall be no long. That's the middle of the tribulation period, because they only got three and one half years left. 
and the three is one half years that's going to be left on this earth. It's going to be hell and high waters. Hell is going to rage this earth because in the 11th chapter, the temple will be completed and they will stop the sacrifices of offering. How is it going to stop that? The only way to stop it is the devil is going to do a miracle, a miracle, a miracle like never before. And what is that miracle? That miracle is a false, phony resurrection of him from the dead to imitate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's going to do that. And he's going to do it because in the middle of the tribulation period, before he desecrates the temple, he's going to be assassinated. It's going to see world seen. The whole world's going to know it. The whole world is going to see it. The whole world is going to say, wow, the Antichrist has been shot. Who shot him? Satan planned this. He planned to get somebody, get a demon to make an assassination. And the Bible says in the 13th chapter of Revelation, and the deadly wound was healed. So he's going to get shot in the head. And he's going to be killed. And he's going to lay in the morgue. For what? Three days. Three days in the morgue. Dead, D-E-A-D, dead. And in those three days, the 12th chapter of Revelation, they say there was a war in heaven. This is not the war, original war, where Satan was in heaven, and he was cast out of the presence of God forever. But this is, the, I could say, the second war that will be cast out of the heavenly. And the second war consists of first and second heaven. That's where Satan is lodging now. That's where he at. He's working day and night, 24-7, 365 times a year, every day, ain't stopping. He is wrestling. He is tired. He never gets tired. He's killing, murdering, raping. He is doing every low-down, dirty, rotten sin and, let, and licking his tongue out at God saying, what you going to do? What you going to do? And that's what people are doing. What you going to do, God? You talk about you're going to bring world judgment up on the world. I don't see it. But yet and still, God's mercy endures forever. He is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his work. And he said, I'm going to give you all the grace that you need. And when grace is up, it's up. Ain't no crying to me. Don't cry to me and say you wish you could have, should have. Amen. Because God said, I love you so much, I gave you all the opportunity to accept my son, and you rejected him. War in heaven. Satan and his angels fight against Lucifer. Satan fights against Michael, the archangel. He fights against the war lord. And Michael wins the battle and he casts Satan out of First and second heaven. We go to the book of Revelation, 12th chapter. Go to that book and you find in the 12th chapter, it says this. It says, 4 verse 12 and 4. And it says, no, I'll look back up. It says, and there appeared another wonder in heaven. 
And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, seven heads, and what? Ten horns. The seven world empires is in control. And what? Ten horns. European common market, NATO, and seven crowns, authority upon his head. And his tail, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them work to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman and which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. As soon as Jesus Christ was born, Satan went out and killed all the babies under two years old by Herod. When the church was born, within 2,000 years, the devil has tried to destroy the church. But Jesus Christ already made that executive order. He made that ratification. He made that statement of on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell and hell itself cannot prevail against it because I am the Lord God of Israel. I am the God of God and the Lord of Lords, and nothing can prevail against my son Jesus Christ. Woo! And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule what? All nations with what? A rod of iron. During the millennium reign, Christ will rule the earth with a rod of iron. In other words, test, tough love is going to rule the earth. Tough love, God's love. God's going to rule it with execution. He's going to rule it his way, and the devil will not be able to do anything because let me tell you what's going to happen to him later on. Amen. And her child was caught up into God and to his throne. Jesus Christ was caught up to his throne. And the church is what? The body of Christ. So if the church is the body of Christ, that means the church headship, which is Jesus Christ, so it's got a man's body. The church is considered as a woman in the Bible, but it's on a man's body. And so that means that this year's church will be caught up. And when it's being caught up, that represents the rapture of the church. Now listen. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she was placed prepared of God, that there should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. Last three and one half years, called Jacob's trouble. Jacob's trouble will be so devastating that God's going to have to hide the remnant of Israel in a place called Petra. So Satan will not be able to destroy the whole Jewish nation. And he's going to keep there, keep them there for 1,260 days, which is 42 months, which is the period of the last three and one half years of the tribulation period. Seventh verse. And there was a war in heaven. There you go. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. 
and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angel was cast out with him. This is the last, next to the last casting out that Satan is going to receive. He's going to be cast to the earth, then he's going to be cast to the bottomless pit, then he's going to be cast into hell fire. So he's got, he's got at least three more casting now. So when he casts him out of heaven, he's coming to earth. He's going to invade earth, all his demons. They will have control of the earth the last three and one and a half years. And you talking about devils. Ooh, wait till this guy get down here. You don't want to wait for him because he's going to ravage hell for three and one half years. First, he's going to try to wipe out the whole Jewish nation. Second, he's going to wipe out, try to wipe out everybody that don't worship him. But let's get back to this assassination. After the Antichrist assassinated, the devil's going to be cast out of heaven. So when he, when the Antichrist dies, the devil's going to be cast down. He's coming to earth. So when he comes to earth, he's going to actually incarnate himself inside of the dead Antichrist and actually, literally, realistically raise him from the dead. And Satan says, I'm going to do a duplicate on the face of the earth. I'm going to do a duplicate of the burial death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This will be the greatest fake, phony, resurrection, lion sucker of all generations. There will be nothing like it. He will actually incarnate himself or take possession of his body and get, get inside of his body and raise him, raise this Antichrist from the dead. And when he's raised from the dead, he will consider himself as being God Almighty. When he does that, he will desecrate the temple called abomination desolation. He will go inside the temple. He will tear down the altar. He will take the Ark of the Covenant and discard it. He would go into the holies of holies and sit in the holies of holies, and just like Apostle Paul said, he would consider himself to be God inside the temple, doing the things of God, doing the miracles of God. And guess what? When he does that, he's going to put out an executive order by speaking to AI. AI is the image of the beast. The image of the beast will be miracleized by the false prophet to speak to the world and say, whoever will not receive the mark of the beast will not be able to buy and sell. You must receive the mark or you shall die. And the only way that they can figure out to kill you real quick and make sure you're dead, they're going to use the guillotine because it's going to come back. If you don't believe me, read the 20th chapter of Revelation for those that have been beheaded for the word of God and for the word of their testimony. There's going to be a holocaust in the last 
part of the three and one half years, and there won't be no prayer meeting. There won't be no church meeting. It will be either you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and what, and get your head cut off, or you can receive the mark of the beast where you can either buy or sell. Because if you don't receive the mark of the beast, you will die. If you receive the mark of the beast, you will live, but your soul, your soul, your soul, your soul, your soul will be damned forever because you rejected blood sacrifice of God's only son himself. You told God, I'd rather get a glass of water. I'd rather keep my house. I'd rather keep my car before I sell out to you and take up your cross and follow you. I'd rather get my computer chip in my hand or on my forehead where I can buy and sell. It's coming. It's coming. It's already here. They're preparing for it now. They're making computer chips by the millions and the billions. And they're going to use these computer chips to slide under man's skin and under his forehead, and that will identify you with the devil. You have sold your soul for materialistic and for your rights and for your freedom to either buy and sell. Do you have Jesus Christ in your life? Did you need Jesus Christ now? You can come to him right now because you might wake up in the morning and find out there's people missing from the earth. You might go tomorrow afternoon and find out people missing from the earth. You may go through this week and find out that the rapture has occurred. And if it has occurred, you better set yourself in order and get ready because you're going to have two choices. You're going to have a choice to receive Christ. You're going to have a choice to reject him. Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10 and 9, the only thing you've got to do, the only thing you've got to do is confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God Almighty raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Not another Christ, but Jesus Christ raised himself from the dead and came back and re-entered his glorified body because when he re-entered the, the body of himself, it was glorified. It was glorified. No more blood. No more blood in his body. No more heartbeat. Why? Because he's glorified. And he said, we shall see him. Well, we shall be like him. Well, we shall see him as he is. I got to have blood now. I got to have blood. I can't live without blood. Got to have it. If you take me to the hospital and drain all the blood out of my body, I cannot live. If I get cut and them get, don't stop the bleeding, I'm going to die. I'm going to die without the blood. You get in the spiritual realm. If you don't receive Jesus Christ through faith, his shed blood on Calvary's cross, you're going to die. And you're going to be separated from God 
forever because you was never washed in the blood of the Lamb and you can't live with Christ because when Christ went back to heaven, he went back in a glorified body. And if you want to go to heaven, you cannot go in a carnal body. You cannot go flesh and blood, but never enter the kingdom of God. And the only one that can change your flesh into a glorified body is Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you die, you cannot enter the kingdom of God because you have not received the blood and the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ through faith to receive him. And so you would have to what? You would have to go to hell. My friends, don't go. Please don't go. I remember old James Brown used to say, please, 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 please. Well, don't go to hell and you won't have to sing it. Because I imagine people will say in hell, they'll be saying, please, 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 get me out of here. This flame is tormenting me. Give me a drink of water. Please, Lord, forgive me. Too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Can't do nothing now. Can't save you now. When you die, you can't be saved. Salvation comes while you're alive. When you die, your faith is gone. When you die, you're done. Without Christ, you're done. You got to die with him. You got to die with his Holy Ghost in your soul, washed in the blood of the royal Lamb of God. The Lamb of God is so holy and righteous, yet still he knew no sin, didn't, didn't talk no sin, didn't live no sin, but yet without sin. But he what? He became what you are. He became what I used to be. And if you still lying, cheating, backbiting, you better come on out of it because there'll be a whole lot of lying in hell. But most people that die and go, all people that die go to hell wish they would accept Christ. But it's too late. You only want to accept him because of the pain, but you didn't want to accept him when you was having a good time and you were partying, you was jamming, you was drinking, you was lying, you was fornicating. You, oh, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that crap. That's for, that's for old ladies and been over me and the people who lost their mind. I don't need that. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to live. God's going to take me when I die. I'm good enough. No, you ain't. You ain't good enough for nothing until you accept Christ. I'm a, I'm a witness. You ain't good for nothing until you accept Christ because if you die without Christ, you ain't worth nothing but to the devil, and the devil don't want to do nothing but destroy you and let He wants you to suffer with him and want to make God angry enough to do something that God will never do. Why don't you come to him now? This is Elder G. Bizarre coming to you to watch me on the hall. wall. I've been on Internet for the last, from 2012. I'm sorry my brother wasn't on with me today. I'm missing I want to know if he's listening. I love you, brother. I don't know what happened. But anyway, we've been on since 2012. And he's been an inspiration to me. He's been a, 
a great help to me in this ministry because I preached it. The gospel of love, salvation, regeneration. I preached the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I preached judgment upon the wicked. I preached love upon those that accept Jesus Christ. Even if you don't accept Jesus Christ, I love you, but I want you to love God. I want you to accept what God done for you. He's coming back again, and I don't know when, but I know how. With power and great glory. He may come this September. I don't know, but I'm telling you, we're right on the threshold of a new era. A change is coming. A change is coming for the righteous, and a change is coming from the it's coming for the wicked. If you're wicked and you're lost and you're undone, and you're just a good church member, you need Jesus Christ. Come on. Only thing you got to do is repent. Doctor Paul said, "If you fall on your knees and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ." And confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. S-A-B-E-D. You got to hate sin. That's what it is. Hate sin. Hate that dirty stuff you're doing. And you got to want to be saved. You got to know you need to be saved before you can see God. Or before you can live with God. Or before you can... Only way you can escape hell and the fire and the brimstone, you've got to accept Jesus Christ. And this is Brother Bazaar calling on you. Please, don't die tonight. Don't die tonight. If you say, okay. If you ain't saved, don't die tonight. You say, well, I ain't going to die. Nah. You don't know when your time's coming. But don't die lost. Romans 10 and 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. You hear what that say? God is rich in mercy and forgiveness if you call upon him. Call upon him right now and admit, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I need you now. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my Slowfulness. I'm sorry for my unbelief. I'm sorry for being even sorry that I haven't accepted you as Lord and Savior. But I want to accept you right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, anybody out there listening to me, the only thing you've got to do is bow your heads in humble prayer. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus that God raised him from the dead, that through his resurrection saved my soul right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.
If I was to sing a song, I would say this, come to Jesus, I know, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, just now, just now, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, just now, he will save you, yes, he will, he will save you. He will save you just now, just now. He will save you. He will save you just now. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love him just now, just now. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love him. Just now. This is Elder Bazaar Watchman on the wall. Keep on praying for me. Keep on looking up. I don't know how many hearts I don't touch out there, but I hope I touch somebody. I love you. Every one of you. Every one of you that's listening. If I don't see you here, I hope to see you in glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Good day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.